listening to Mastering Retention, presented by UserWise. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mastering Retention podcast. Um, today, we have Patrick Wilkins um, with us from, am I going to say it right, Azerian? Yes, Azerian, correct. Azerian. Um, so, Patrick, we're, we're so excited to have you today. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love for you to just start off with uh, telling us a little bit about your journey into gaming. You know, how did you get into gaming and how did you get to where you're at today? Yes, uh, of course. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me, by the way. Uh, as I mentioned before, it's my first podcast. So quite, quite excited to, uh, to have this one. I feel like you're, uh, you're my first like, fellow redhead. I, I don't get to do <laughs> any of these things with other redheads, so it's great. Yes, we, we should do a video call the next time so people can appreciate can appreciate our vivid hair colors. That's, uh, um, I know in terms of gaming or into the industry, I, um, well, uh, 2008, uh, around that time, I was in, in China and uh, there was literally an, an, uh, an advertisement uh, in, in one of the newspapers. Um, are you interested to work in the games industry? And uh, well, of course I was, uh, and, and I applied and um, yeah, I got the job uh, with, a, with a, a company that was founded by foreigners in China, uh, focused on uh, outsourcing. So we were basically working with uh, the likes of uh, Electronic Arts, uh, Vivendi, uh, very mm. early days of Kilo before they even had the subway surfer. So um, uh, while still THQ had their mobile games, uh, then they stopped for a while. Now they have it again, just recently did some <laughs> acquisitions. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, it came full circle, it feels. Um, but yeah, there was around about 2008. And uh, yeah, I didn't leave the industry um, since, apart from like a one year that I worked with the German Telecom, but also in a, in a field related to it, everything related to advertisement uh, and um, uh, user acquisition, basically. Yeah. Have you been mostly mobile focused or have you done any like PC console type stuff as well? Uh, not console, no, but uh, as many uh, German game uh, industry experts actually uh, have been going through, uh, so did I go through a period of uh, web gaming. Um, so you have like the whole, um, well, back in the days it started right with companies like Travian and, and Big Points and, and those companies. So yep. we, we all had a fairly big amount of, uh, of web experience in the country. And uh, when I had my own company, um, we actually developed uh, games uh, for one of the big German companies. Um, and those were web-based games, so Flash back in the days, actually not even H5, but Flash games. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, while I was still in China with, uh, with Six Waves, we also did heavily invest into Facebook gaming. So if you consider that uh, a different platform, then, uh, then that would be, that'd be the other one. Um, but yeah, apart from this, it has always been mobile. And now, of course, the, the lines get a bit more blurry, right? With mobile, mobile yeah. web, HTML5, and, and so many things are cross-platform these days. Um, so yeah, it would be hard for me to say that I am mobile. We're doing games, <laughs> and we bring those games to whatever platform our users, uh, 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 yeah, our users appreciate. And, and that goes beyond mobile by now. Yeah. No, it's been really exciting to see how gaming has been, you know, shifting over the last few years. Um, so yes. if you, uh, you know, take that a little bit further, what do you think the biggest opportunity in gaming is in 2020 right now where we are? <laughs> right now where we are, that's, it's a really good question. Um, 
probably not going to get caught by the IDFA issues that that, that some of us are going to face. I think that's that's an opportunity. <laughs> that's that's not an opportunity, but that's basically a, a, a mine not to step on. I would say. Um, not sure how much time we have to actually avoid it um, or to prepare for it. Um, this year, I would. I would really have a hard time to answer the question for 2020, but if you're looking into, you know, 2023 or 25, so if you look like five years into the future, I think there's some really interesting opportunities. Uh, on the one hand, technology-wise with 5G, uh, uh, cloud gaming, uh, that's going to be super interesting um, to see how esports arrives on mobile. Um, I mean, Super Evil Megacorp has done a great job in the beginning to kind of like opening up the market. Right now, Supercell, for example, some of their titles uh, get uh, get more get more recognition. Hearthstone, of course. So again, eSport or mobile is is a really interesting topic. Um, and then for us in America and in Europe, I think um, something that we all should be really aware of is that the growth, although by 2023, if I have my numbers right. Um, we should be as an industry by at roughly around 200 billion, right? Mm -hmm. um, many of that or much of that growth is actually not generated in, not even in the US anymore, uh, nor in Europe. It's actually going to be in Asia, in, in, in China, in India, in Southeast Asia. So that's another big opportunity, I would think, for, uh, for European and American companies to actually um, not move into China because that ship has sailed, I think. Uh, but but you know, look into the Indian market and into the rest of, of Southeast Asia to actually position yourself, uh, and, and that would give you still ample time to to kind of like I don't know, acquire a studio, set up a team, hire some experts, bring them over, let you teach you about the culture, about the way the users interact, about uh, you know the ways to to keep uh, them in the game, so retention-wise, or to keep monetizing them. So that I think is another big opportunity for us. Yeah, something that I've been seeing lately has been the concept, you know, I, I think we've kind of shifted from, you know, just shipping a game and letting it run to shifting into the mantra of live ops and continually pushing content to engage your users. I feel like we're almost on the verge of shifting into the next phase and some companies are already there, which is regional specific live ops. So, you know, content specifically for your China users versus your Indian users. Have you guys done any of that? Um. Yes, in a way. Um, and when I think back about it, we always had, when LifeUp started to grow, right? Um, you had your uh, you had your Black Friday, which started in, in the U.S., and then you basically used the Black Friday for you know for the for the entire world. You tried to do events uh, during Chinese New Year, but now that you that you talk about it, those events, although branded. Chinese New Year event or all the branded Black Friday event or branded Halloween event, um, which is obviously more relevant for one culture than another, it's still designed in a way that it's the global user, user audience that actually has a benefit from it, right? So hmm. when you asked me about doing an event specifically for a country and, and so tailored for a country, um, no, we haven't, we haven't done it um, that... No, it's a good point. We haven't done it yet, no. Cool. But when I mean, hopefully, podcasts are also for for having those for having those questions. Like, where do you see that being? Don't you see that being a problem when you when you look at at some of the geos that are simply too small um, for for dedicated teams? Um, or am I not seeing something? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question. I, I don't know that I have the exact answer of like what size of a geo should be, you know, region specific, but I know that, you know, as a player, the more that I feel like the game is connecting with exactly who I am, I'm much more likely to be emotionally engaged with it. And when you have that engagement, you're much more likely to spend money and, you know, be retained and such. Oh yeah, for sure, yes. And uh, on top of that, I think looking at some games, uh, that that really rake in multiple uh, hundred millions over the years. I think yes, uh, for them, uh, a small geos are probably still worth uh, one or two events. Um, so yeah, we are um, uh, our games uh, uh, within within our company. We have some really nice ones that are um, uh, basically uh, poker games, so card games. Uh, they do they do fairly well. Um, where we have a bit more. Sp- because we are from the Netherlands, we have a few more tailored events for obviously like European audiences. Again, not not for single countries, but more for like geological regions. Um, I know that uh, our friends uh, Sulak is another company that, that we acquired. They're based out of Finland. They do uh, Habo Hotel, Hotel Hideaway. So some really nice games with with a long history over the last, I think, 10, 15 years even. I know that they have some, some local events as well. Um, uh, so that's actually going quite well. Um, but yeah, so that it would be like a really focused strategy, um, more important than, than the other overarching global strategies. Um, I can see that happening, but at least not for us and not this year. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, <laughs> I think that's the answer to it. No, that's awesome. Cool. So switching gears a little bit, um, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, your career and how you've progressed. Um, what would you say you do best at work? <laughs> um, yeah, good question. Uh, hopefully recognizing talent and, and uh, getting out of the way. Um, I think that's one of my, one of my strong suits. Um, I think it's really important when you look at, and it honestly it changed over the years, right? Uh, I think people grow and, and they, de- you know, they, they develop different skill sets and some skill set that they thought are really good you know, maybe five years or 10 years down the road, they're thinking, ah, yeah, it was good back in the days. Now it's not that useful anymore. Um, So yeah, for me, especially now for the last couple of years, when I was dealing with multiple teams and managing, you know, multiple multiple locations all over the world, um, it was really important to find, identify the right people, you know, uh, onboard them, Um, discuss with them the plans, uh, make sure that everybody is aligned, make sure that they're being heard, uh, make sure that you adjust based on their input Mm -hmm. um, and then basically run ahead of them by like six months or 12 months, sometimes even 24 months, you know, remove the roadblocks, give them heads ups so that they on a slightly more operational level uh, and, and a more tactical level have uh, you know an, an easier time to basically navigate and, and deal with all the issues that uh, yeah <laughs> that they have to take care of um, yeah. I think finding the right people is <laughs> probably one of the hardest challenges do you have any like tips or tricks as to you know looking at a resume or you know how do you find the right person for a role do you actively have people going out you know reaching out to people that are working elsewhere do you focus more on folks coming in like what's what's one tip or, or trick that you found of, hey, you know, this person is likely to be a rock star? Yeah, it's, yeah, really good question, really valuable question. Um, 
the first answer that comes to mind is an answer I wouldn't have been able to give you five years ago, for example, um, or, or even I think four, three years ago. But um, what I learned is that if you stay long enough in the industry and have worked in enough different uh, uh, companies, you basically have a network of, of people that you simply know is able to get stuff done. And I think building that, obviously it's not really much of an advice for somebody who is only two years into the industry. And I'm telling him, well, all you need is like 10 years in the industry and then you know all the people that are good. So that's, I'll, I'll try to be a bit more useful to, to the younger to the younger audience uh, or to the people that are newer into the gaming industry. But that honestly is is one of the, the most relevant things. So really keep your network, um, make sure that the people that you work with, you stay in contact with them, make sure that you're a helpful person, make sure that you're a person that other people want to work with. Um, and honestly, much of the trouble of, of recruiting talent is actually gone. I mean, look at so many, you know, people look at the early stages of, of Supercell, if I'm not mistaken, many guys from Digital Chocolate, um, you know, look at, at many of the successful uh, you know, startup companies that 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 turn um, that turn out to be actually quite well, quite successful, um, and you usually find one or two companies that all of them have in their in their resume. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about that it needs to be any specific company. I'm not saying oh, you definitely need to go to company A or company B to find the best talent. But I'm saying those people in those companies had the opportunity to work together and experiencing um, uh, yeah, a connection on, on whatever level that, that, that gives them the confidence to actually go out and, and do their own business. Which by the way, um, is one of, the, one of the feedback I would give to all the indie developers out there because I've, I've talked to here in the Netherlands, but also in, in Germany and in some other countries, I, I spend quite some time talking to indie developers and it's great to see that they meet at university, you know, and they, they after university, they start setting up a setting up a company and they really avoid working for the devil, you know, uh, uh, any big corporation. Um, I would not say that I understand where they're coming from, but I also try to explain to them the, the value of working in a big organization where you see many different working types, people, cultures, you know, backgrounds and just get a much more broader sense of what's actually out there in the world, right? Um, and uh, yeah, that's so that's one. I mean, the other one really, um, I think it's really important to, to look at, you know, to, to do reference checks. I mean, everybody by now should be able to write a decent resume, you know, um, that's not really the trick anymore. Uh, they're even softwares these days, uh, you know, um, uh, where you put in all the right keywords. You, you can optimize, you know, the hell out of uh, your, uh, your your LinkedIn page for uh, for maximum, you know, recruiter, uh, whatever you call that affinity. Yeah. Um, but really like a decent background check is something that I am surprised how little companies do. Um, and then when I work with some of the better companies, um, it always shows again because those are the ones that actually do do the call right that ask you for like one or two references or that that i receive a call from um and hey patrick you worked with this guy before you know it's usually always the same kind of companies i'm not saying it's the same company but it's the same kind of companies that do background checks and um everybody can do it like you, it doesn't matter how big your company is if you hire somebody 
ask who are the who's the person that he thinks gives you the worst reference and the one that gives you the best reference call both of them and uh, it's probably somewhere in the middle that would be that would be my advice yeah so so let's say that i'm a product manager looking to get a job at your company um, and you're doing a reference check on me what are the kinds of things that you would look to hear you know what kind of things should i be doing in my job to like really make me stand out as a candidate yeah um maybe before we should spend like one or two minutes on defining a product manager because what you what you have in our industry i mean you have product owners mm -hmm. uh, you have product leads you have product managers you have producers uh, so you have a relatively wide variety of of names and they're not always um how do you call it so specific so when you when you're talking about a product manager if we agree that it's kind of like a mini CEO of the game, right? The person that you call at three o'clock in the morning, if shit hits the fan, then these people, what I would look for, um, I would look for um, uh, team leadership, uh, humility, um, openness to feedback, um, ability to fail and, uh, you know, be, be graceful in failure. Um, the ability to take 100% responsibility for everything that's happening uh, and, and look for issues, you know, inside rather than outside. Um, and for people where the, the fear of influence and, uh, you know, the fear of concern is, is overlapping. I think that's another really important uh, uh, qualification. And yes, it would be amazing if, of course, these people have worked on a game similar to the one that we are working on in the same genre where they can already bring some yeah knowledge right so i think that's one thing people really have to be aware of if you if you're getting hired of course you're getting hired for the person you are but you also get hired for the experience you have right um uh, and and for making one mistake less than the other person would do uh, because you have already done it before yeah that makes um, sense. So, yeah though this would be my kind of like my um my wish list and i think a good of course it has to be a good fit for the team right i mean these days it's it's almost a no-brainer um that you really need to hire for for cultural uh, for cultural fits right uh, and um, i'm actually a big fan of um diverse groups and diverse groups uh, can come in many uh, uh, well, shapes and forms but but I was more talking about like mindset, right? People that can actually support each other. You know, I, I haven't found that many people that are good at everything. There are some in the industry. Um, and if you're listening to this, you are this person uh, that is, that's good at everything. But um, it's, in my experience, it's great to get a management team together that's actually able to make, you know, one plus one equaling three. Yep. Um, uh, so that that's that's why I'm talking about like a like a diverse approach, right? If if everybody is a starter and nobody is a finisher, if everybody is a, is a dominant person and nobody is you know uh, a, a bit more of a servant leader attitude, if everybody wants to stand in the spotlight and nobody takes a backseat, um, and most importantly for people, and that's something that that grew on me also over the years. It's so easy to hire the same person like you are, right? Because if I walk around and I look at a person that talks loudly and that gestures with his hands and that, you know, it's like, yeah, this is, I like this person because I'm this person, right? Um, and and uh, before you before you know it, they're like 20 like you. And yeah, that can be an advantage, but 
rarely for me at least I'm, I'm probably not the perfect prototype but but for me usually that's not so i really try to get a get a diverse team with all the headache by the way that gives you right because if you get people that have a different mentality that have a different mindset um it's not always easy but it's always worth it that's that's my recommendation actually that's really really good advice cool um so kind of shifting gears a little bit again um sure. you've had a, a really long you know, amazing career in games, which I'm, I'm sure many folks listening are probably going to aspire to, um, you know, and you've kind of gone the route of, you know, starting with that product manager type of a role to product lead to eventually more into operations and then strategy and processes kind of where you're at now. Um, yeah. For folks that are considering maybe going that route, you know, getting a little bit more into the operational management type side of things. Um, what are some things you've learned over the years and how is your day-to-day -day different, you know, from your time at say like six waves and good games like where you're at today? Um, yes, good, good question. Let me, um, like a million ideas that I have right now that I would like to use, but I think it's important to kind of like structure it in a way. I mean, when you, when you start out in the industry, um, especially on the product side, um, you, most likely will have a strong focus on delivering um, results uh, through the features that you put in the game. Uh, people might not give you the, the opportunity. Um, I was a bit lucky because I started relatively early. So uh, right from the get-go, I was actually uh, managing, um, uh, managing most of the product. But um, and also really important, it was not the product as a service time yet, right? We were still working for Electronic Arts, mm -hmm. putting out uh, putting out SKUs for basically your, uh, for the Nokia N95 or, or those kind of games, right? Um, so that's when it started for me, but let's assume you're new in the industry. I think what usually happens is that, that you're responsible for a feature, so for a subset of the overall product, and you really need to deep dive into it. You need to be hands-on. You need to really know everything that there is about it you probably don't manage people, but you're, you're micromanaging the product, right? And um, it's not as important for you to probably, at least it hasn't been for me to, um, to teach the team around you, because again, you focus on, you focus on the product in front of you. Um, and while you grow, while more and more people look to you for guidance, um, I think you need to shift your mindset from, you know, the kind of like the product first, you know, to the people first, and you need to change your management style in a way that uh, you need to manage through your people, the product, right? Mm. Um, and that really, uh, I think, requires an important, uh, an important shift in approach, because what you do in a day to day is, um, is different. Like nowadays, I spend quite some time in in one-on-ones right uh, talking with the managers uh, coaching um and, and not always do they bring up operational issues because the people are skilled enough to to handle them themselves um mm -hmm. but they're asking topics about why am i doing those things you know why are we here like what is our big plan how do we change you know the company how do we make our teams better how do we make the company better how do we make the industry better you know, some, sometimes they ask, how do we make the world a better place? You know, what's the point of doing games? Um, and and um, 
you don't always have to have the answers uh, because again the people that you work with are smart but but it's always good to be like a sparring partner right with somebody who who they can kind of like brainstorm with and 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 where you can like gently guide them to um apart from of course if it comes to strategy and and um and mindset because again then uh, you that's where you have to make your mark uh, in, in my opinion so if it comes about strategy and and about uh, you know what kind of um, what kind of teams you want to have uh, there you need to set a bit more boundaries and and uh, work with the guys together to, uh, yeah, to basically establish them awesome that's really great advice so continuing on the uh, advice train uh, what are some common mistakes you've seen team members make over the years and do you have any tips on how to avoid any of those um yeah, team members. I mean, I, I've seen many mistakes that I've done myself. I mean, I um, when I was young, I um, I hired a person that uh, I, I probably I should have probably hired a slightly better person, but I was uh, insecure um, and um, yeah, didn't want to hire a replacement <laughs> from me, so to speak. Um, I think that's one of the ones you know um, uh, that uh, there was a mistake, um, and I see some people nowadays doing it where they where they're reluctant to to hire you know like the the perfect person for the role because they are they're 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 worrying about their own position um so they don't do that honestly um uh, because ultimately you know you're a team you're a company um and uh, if you have the right environment you will support each other right so mm -hmm. of course product owners by definition we are competitive even competitive towards each other but i yet have to work in a company where you know where it was like a backstabbing environment i mean maybe i'm entire maybe i'm really lucky but i don't think so i think we have a we have a very decent industry and i think we have really great people in our industry and uh you know they will they will push you as your friends push you you know as, as your football team pushes you to be a better you know football player so will your product owner colleagues or your marketing team push you to be a better you know to be a better manager or to be a better uh, you know, person sometimes even. So um, yeah, don't don't hire B players. I think it's really important. Um, so many of us get lost in, uh, you know, get get lost in the details. And um, I think it's really important to every now and then step out of it. Maybe you take your retrospective. Maybe once your sprint is finished. I mean, some of us run two week sprints, some of us run four week sprints, but really take this moment and, and breathe, right? Like sit down, zoom out, look at the product uh, or look at the feature, whatever it is, look at your team, uh, look at your cohorts or your campaigns if you're in, in a marketing level um, and really understand again why you're doing what you're doing and to reevaluate yourself. Um, and for me, this became most relevant when I was in, in crunch mode, when, when really everything was, was piling up. Either there was a product that had to be launched or there was a product that needed to be pivoted or you know the company had expectations uh, that needed to be fulfilled that we were a bit too far away from. When you, yeah, when you start stressing yourself, um, and, and when you basically think it's, it's you and nobody else that, that need to get it done um, and you kind of like, yeah, lose your way in all the details, uh, um, I think that's really easy to all of us to happen. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I've done so many mistakes. I don't know if I can remember all of them now, um, but um, um, 
yeah, be nice. I mean, yeah, that's that's probably a mistake I've done as well. But yeah, be nice. I mean, like like I mentioned before, you know, the gaming industry. I mean, it's big by now, right? I mean, we are we are getting better every year, which is amazing to see. Um, mm. But in the end, like. I don't know if you if you have that saying in America, but but it's 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 still a village, right? I mean, it's it's a small world. I think is is what you guys say. Uh, it's it's such a small world, and and you meet the people again. I mean, either as 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 bosses or as your peers or as your new team or mm-hmm. you know as as a person on the other side of the aisle in a company negotiation. I mean, just you know, don't forget that in the end we're all humans and and we all want to have a good time. You know, we all have families, so really try to be, you know try to leave the meeting room, try to leave the company, try to leave the conversation, you know, a better place than you found it. Um, uh, I think that's, that's really, uh, that's really important and easy to forget sometimes. Yeah. That's really good advice. Cool. Um, what is your big dream for your career or, you know, what trace would you like to leave in the world on the, on the topic of, you know, how can games change the world here? Yes. Um, Funny enough, before the before the call, we just talked about our uh, we talked about our kids, right? And um, yeah, if you would have asked me back in the days, I mean, I was excited, right? We were working at Good Games. We were basically plastering Europe with our advertisements, right? I mean, we had a game that was really doing well, Empire, Empire for Kingdoms, uh, amazing game, great team. Shout out to all the Good Games people that are listening. And um, I mean, I was I was so happy to basically see people talking about the game, playing the game, you know, seeing the advertisement, you know, being with the family and saying, hey, you know, that's our game, you know, showing off to my friends. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure that this will, will satisfy me uh, again um, uh, in every company that we repeat this success. But when I talk about really lasting change for me, I mean, yes, of course, as a family, it's at home, right? It's, it's you know, to see uh, Max, my son, or, or Vicky, our daughter, to, to grow up. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the best, yeah, let's call it the best releases ever, right? I mean, you, you can't, you can't beat that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain about. And likewise, you know, products, products become better and better, right? I mean, when, when you look at some of those games, they're, they're around for like ages, right? And, and they will stay even longer around. I mean, nobody knows what, what Fortnite will develop into. I mean, we, we all know the plan. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that those games stay around for a long time. Um, and of course, it's rewarding to be part of those games, no doubt. Um, what what I found is, you know, to see your colleagues and your teams grow around you, you know, um, to look at LinkedIn and and to see that a person that you worked with in the past, you know, is is now, you know, killing it in another environment, and and at least you know that you didn't, you know, uh, fuck it up for him. Um, and sometimes even have been able to to accelerate it uh, uh, and 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 to you know to help this person uh, on its way to uh, to success. Uh, I mean, this is really something that uh, that that drives me. I mean, products change, right? You have to you have to shut down products. You, sometimes you even have to shut down teams, which is always awful. You have to you know leave companies. I mean, you know those things change. But once again, you know what, what stays is is the mark on the on the people that you that you leave. And um, uh, ideally, it's a good one. And that's really what um, what keeps me going in the industry. That's really what excites me every day again to to go back to work. It's um, it's growing people, and and as a side project, you grow the products as well, and that's that's beautiful. As well. That's beautiful too, of course. It's nice to see games, but it's really growing the people around you. That's fantastic. 
what is the one recommendation you would give to product or live apps teams or aspiring, you know, folks that want to be on, you know, game product teams out there? Whew. Um, people that want to enter the industry or basically uh, if you're already in the industry and, and you're uh, uh, um, working on, on a game. Yeah. Or both. Or both. I guess we could start with the folks that are in the industry. You know, what's, what's the one recommendation, you know, they should be thinking about or doing? Um, wow. Um, yeah, there's so many. I mean, um, uh, trying to talk a bit less about the people because I think I already made my point here and I don't want to have this uh, 60 minute being cut down to like two minutes. Patrick says, it's great to be nice and, and, and build a team around you. Um, trying to, to, uh, to talk about different, I mean, right now, uh, and I mentioned earlier, right? IDFA, for example, is um, is an issue that 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 many of us uh, will face, especially the ones that are um, you know heavy on user acquisition, on really targeted user acquisition, that do not yet have uh, a brand ready, right? That do not have millions in in marketing budget. Um, so this is one issue. Uh, we have the we have the block, uh, well, block. We have the ISPN issue in China right now, where um, uh, we, I think by now we already had 48,000 games that needed to be removed. Yes, true. The 100 from the 100 top games, only 97, uh, sorry, only three have been removed. 97 still stay there, but still some of us, uh, uh, they will lose, they will lose revenues there. Yeah. Um, again, on the other hand, we have the opportunities with, uh, with, with the changing demographic of our user base. Uh, we, we get much more players than before into it. And what those things have in common, I don't have the solutions to all of them, but what those things have in common is that you, that you really need to be adaptive to the environment, right? You need to see those and find out how you can, how you can basically position your game or your team or your, you know, or your company to take advantage of those moments. Because although it can seem like Jesus, uh, uh, what's happening to us, um, it, it can also be, especially in gaming, especially with the, with with the kind of mindset that we're having, it can also be quite an uh, quite an opportunity to to take it into uh, yeah to 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 receive lemons and put it into lemon juice, right? Um, uh, maybe you don't think about China only. Maybe you think about India, right? Uh, maybe you don't think about performance-based marketing. Maybe you think about you know more of a K factor. Maybe you think a bit more of of brand marketing. Uh, maybe you finally do the influencer campaign, um, uh, uh, you know that you that you always thought would be nice. Um, and um, in this regard, yeah, what's what's my advice? Um, when I started in it, when I started in the industry, I didn't know about the iPhone, you know. Um, and uh, two years ago or three years ago, I think it's fair to say people didn't know what Fortnite is. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've just recently saw. Uh, I've actually been on the panel at the GDC, and, you know, and people had to explain Tencent in 2015. You know. Um, Man, our industry is changing so fast. I mean, there are some macro trends, of course, right? Uh, and they don't happen every two years. I mean, they're probably happening every, you know, like, again, the invention of product as a service, for example, or um, uh, cloud gaming, again, 5G. I mean, all those big ones. Uh, and then you have a, a few smaller uh, sub, whatever, sub trends, or what you want to call that, or, or micro trends, uh, you know, um, new monetization mechanisms, right? When, when you look at what Supercell has done uh, with, um, uh, 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 with their chess system or when you look at the battle passes of this world, you know, um, just just be open to change, embrace it, uh, take advantage of it. Uh, Voodoo, 
pushing uh, pushing advertisement gaming, right? Or advertisement driven gaming. Um, uh, uh, shout out to the guys from Soft Games that they do quite a few things on H5, you know, successfully. Uh, there are so many trends that you can jump on if you're fast enough. So again, that's something. Be fast and and don't worry about failure uh, because all of us do that every day. Um, that's that's normal. That's just part of it. That's a re really good tip. Don't worry about failure. Um, cool. Uh, last question here. Who inspires you? You know, what books, newsletters, podcasts, courses would you recommend that people, you know, read, consume, follow? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really good question. Um, in terms of books, um, every new role I take, I, um, uh, I, I usually read uh, the, the first 90 days. Uh, don't ask me about the author. Uh, I think Michael Watkins, but I'm not entirely sure. We have to check that. Um, so that was a really, uh, that's, that's a really hands-on book that, that, I actually, that I actually enjoy. And I, I reread it all the time. It's one of the few books where I actually don't have, I'm a big fan of audiobooks, uh, but that's one of the few books where I actually have a, have a copy because it has so many nice charts and advice and it's actually scribbled uh, uh, full of, of, of thoughts. Um, find this book for yourself. Uh, for me, it's the it's, uh, first 90 days in a job. Um, one book uh, that was super interesting is uh, Think Fast and Slow. Um, that's, a really nice, that's a really nice book. Um, just for the psychology behind it all, right? So that, that really helped me to understand a bit more the context. Um, I think Ben Horowitz wrote a really nice piece and I always say the title wrong. I think it's the hard thing about hard things, right? I think it's this book. Um, uh, so that's a really nice, uh, that's a really nice book uh, that I, that I enjoyed. And again, it's very subjective. Uh, every um, autobiography that you can get your hands on mm. because it's just, I mean, it, it just inspires me personally to see, you know, what, what people, um, you know, what kind of, yeah, what's possible in the world, right? Um, uh, and it doesn't have to be the, the biography of, of, of Steve Jobs just because we're in tech, right? I mean, there's, uh, there's this one about, it's called Shoe Dog from, yeah, don't ask me who the founder of Nike was now, but, but uh, uh, this one was like, I mean, it was really well written, uh, really nice, really nice book. Um, uh, yeah, autobiographies is, 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 would be the other one. Um, Podcast-wise, yeah, I mean... Um, I actually use LinkedIn a lot. I know it's not a podcast, of course, but but there are so many interesting, like get a good group of people in your LinkedIn network and, uh, you know, just just check the feed like once a day or if you don't have the time, like, you know, once a week for like, you should check it once a day for 15 minutes because then you get a nice spread of, of, of information. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, there's so many great things popping up, right? Like you see articles from the guys from Deconstructor Fun, which is, which is really good. Uh, Eric Zeufert these days has some really nice articles, especially related to user acquisition and and, and the IDFA issues. Uh, you know, and, and there's so many podcasts like uh, starting right now, uh, which all add, add a different kind of you know, add a different kind of value. Um, uh, yeah, that's. That's basically my day, like uh, 20, 20 minutes on, on, on LinkedIn at, at various stages. And I usually try to finish one book a week. Um, uh, 
actually it's two books. One is the Warhammer 40k book, um, uh, which is my, my nerd passion. Uh, but the other one is usually it's a management book or like an audio, uh, uh, autobiography. Okay. Um, that would be my, my advice. And then, yeah, then, then take the podcast that you most, this one, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a true question, actually. You're supposed to say <laughs> <laughs> Took me a while. I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm slow on my feet these days, but no. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, and we'll be looking forward to the Patrick Wilkins autobiography whenever you catch up on your sleep after this new little baby. Um, indeed, yes. I mean, I'm super, I'm super glad. Shout out to my wife, obviously, Michelle, for, yeah, for just uh, supporting here because, yeah, the, the, the amount of work she's doing while I'm at work is just insane. I mean, yeah, weekends, honestly, I go to work to relax. You know, that's, that's, that's the level I'm at, at at the moment, right? Like, you go to work, you go on business trips. It's basically the definition of holidays uh, and, and um, uh, uh, the, the wife at home or the husband doesn't matter really what what your what your setup is, but 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 the person at home, you know, uh, keeps you back free of, of so much stuff that it's just uh, really worth a shout out. Oh yeah, definitely, I concur. Cool. Well, um, if folks want to get in contact with you for you know any questions or anything like that, is there a good way they should reach out to you? Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is perfect. I'm uh, like I mentioned, I'm quite I'm quite often there. So uh, uh, reach out to uh, Patrick without a C, P A T R I K Wilkins on on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, and and uh, and ask away uh, or, or say hi. <laughs> well, Patrick, this has been a lot of fun and so insightful. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Likewise, Tom. I mean, a big, uh, big shout out, obviously, for uh, for giving me the opportunity. Again, it's my first one, so uh, super excited. It would always, I will always remember this one. So that's, I think, uh, <laughs> that's that's great. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I added a bit of uh, value to you, to your listeners, and uh, same to you. All the best for your growth. And I'm pretty sure that we a stay in contact, and b uh, in in a couple of years, we'll we'll look back to that moment and see how we actually grew ever since. Right. So that's uh, that's the exciting part. I love it. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Hey, Tom, all the best. Bye-bye.